all teams are up in arms over Red Bull's punishment. Lewis and Alonso continue their cold war. Danny Rick finally wakes up, and that mariachi F1 thief is a banger! Let's jump the start! What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with Ruben. Okay. That's from the Mexican Snooze Fest. Yancy? Hi. Honestly, I'm more upset that we didn't open with a mariachi version of our song. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the best part of it. It was, yeah. yeah. That was very nice. On today's episode, we'll be talking Mexican Grand Prix cost cap breach agreements. Some Fernando Alonso trolling agreements. Bam, bam, bam. And uh, Lewis Hamilton. I'm not leaving. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Guys, make sure to follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to follow, like, subscribe. Uh, we're also on, of course, all your pod, your favorite podcast platforms. Leave a review if you can. Uh, that is how we are found by other F1 fans and podcast listeners. Again, at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to do it. Ruben, how was your weekend? Definitely too short. Hmm. Hmm. How was your weekend? Was? It was way too short. I didn't even want to wake up. Yesterday. How was your weekend, Yance? I just saw something on the outline that was funny to me, but we'll talk about that later. The gotcha. weekend was good. Yeah, see the weekend word. Yeah. Yeah. Weekend was good. It was? I yeah. can't wait. I can't wait to figure out what it was that was funny. Yeah. But <laughs> but guys, let's jump into it. Some of the news and the biggest news that came out of this week was the set of settlements for Aston Martin and Red Bull for their breaches of the 2021 salary cap. So just to be quick and get out of the way, Aston Martin has been fined $450,000 by the FIA under the accepted breach agreement for its procedural infringements of last year's Formula One budget cap rules. So, so that's what ABA means. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we went over this last week. No, not not their agreement. No, I'm talking, no, about, the, the ABA I'm talking about what the ABA means. Accepted and, and it's been the whole talk for the last three weeks. But, yeah, uh, but, but now moment. you figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so in a statement issued on Friday morning, the FIA explained that Aston Martin had inaccurately excluded and or adjusted costs in the calculation of its relevant costs. Wow. Weird sentence. Including areas such as costs for its <laughs> costs again for its new headquarters, wind tunnel addition wind tunnel addition fields. Okay. And costs relating to its new F1 simulator. I'm reading off of motorsport.com, who apparently need an editor. As a result, <laughs> Aston Martin has been fined four hundred and fifty thousand dollars that must be paid within the next thirty days. The FIA said there was no accusation or evidence. Um that Aston Martin had sought at any time to act in bad faith, dishonesty, or a fraudulent manner. What the hell does that mean? That they weren't like, they, they, they weren't really trying to do it on purpose. Gotcha. Okay. They just kind of messed up. Can you prove that? 
I mean, I can't. I'm sure the FIA already went through that exercise. Any thoughts on that, Martin? No. I mean, well, just go. Okay, so <laughs> here we are. Red Bull has been given a $7 million fine and a reduction on aerodynamic testing in its agreement on its penalty over its Formula One cost cap breach in 2021. So we um, had read that, what was it? I'm trying to find the exact numbers, but I can't. Anyway, the so Red Bull had been, whatever amount that they were over the minimum breach, I guess, of the salary cap, of the cost cap, they were reduced by quite a bit due to some tax credit that they didn't receive. So it was only like half a million dollars, et cetera. A little bit less than half a million dollars. I think it was like 450-something thousand dollars. Right. So they're over, but it wasn't that bad. So that's kind of where the FIA was leaning. So as a result, we have a $7 million fine and a 10% reduction in wind, in computational fluid dynamic time. Let's call it that. Mm-hmm. Yancy, you obviously have some thoughts. It's an agreement. Yeah, it's not a penalty. Meaning that I'm beginning to think that the uh, the reason why these teams agreed to this cost cap rule is because they know that they can negotiate their punishment ahead of time, because that is the sequence of things. Either either you reach an agreement with the FIA and what the punishment will be with no, well, obviously with the negotiation, or you just take the penalty as is written in the rules. So you have a buffer between that. But there was no specific penalty written into the rules. It just said sporting penalty. Yeah. Yeah, but no. it's basically like the sort of Damocles hanging on any team who breaches the rules. Meaning that if they don't come to an agreement with the FIA, the FIA is will definitely give them a harsher punishment. And that was the only reason, and the, and Christian Horner said it in, an, in, in, in the press conference, that the only reason they negotiated, they didn't fight it, is because they knew that if they didn't come to an agreement with the FIA and negotiated it, it was going to be a harsher penalty, meaning that the harsher penalty would have been reduction in points for the championship, which would possibly cost them the driver's championship or max the driver's championship that was negotiated off the table when they reached that agreement so that's why they only got a fine and reduction in the cfd so again good. you're able to negotiate the punishment and especially a and in this circumstance alone especially in a championship that was so close meaning that red bull did not win the constructors championship last year but they won the driver's championship by such a close margin if they would have had a points reduction due to their overspending that would have been that that the the outcome would have been that Lewis Hamilton would have been an eight-time champion world champion breaking Michael Schumacher's record most of all time and instead what we have is well deserved I'm not taking anything any credit away from Max but Max is now a two-time world champion. 
you just brought to me I, to my something that I, I have to look further is that the 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 time with Spygate with my client the the constructors champ or points never count, didn't count for that year for them as well. That was a the part of the. They point. were completely disqualified from the championship. But the drivers do score points. They just now they were not towards a constructor championship, right? Something like that. I'm just saying like. It's very weird that they're going to go after well, the drivers. Well, they don't get any money from the drivers. No, no, what I'm saying is I think, obviously, they negotiated a term, so we we, we know that already. But mm -hmm. if, even if they, they will try to fight it, I think I'll find it weird they will go after the driver's points. They'll normally Correct. hurt the, the constructor. Correct. They would not go after the driver. You know, so that, it, it's kind of like a gray line that's, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Right? I was like, I, yeah, no, I get it. But I, I think it's like what I told you guys on Sunday. I think because of the, such a clutch margin that Red Bull won is why this agreement and all that stuff bothers. If Red Bull would have lost, oh, they you know they cheated, whatever, and they got a penalty, okay, fine, we'd have kept it moving. But because it was on the matter that it was won the title, is why this you know overspend and the agreement they went into matters so much. Yeah, but I so I I feel like every team has reached an agreement in the last. It, it's it's reaching an agreement. By the so way, that, at least this one's public, by the way. This, all right, so this this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I just looked at Yancey. So this is what I'm saying. This is the most public that we've seen anything be resolved with the FIA, the FIA and any constructor. And maybe that kind of plays into, that kind of probably plays into why people are upset on both sides because we just know what the punishment is. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, I heard an argument that it and it's and it's usually that that's true the case if you have an agreement or a result where you where such we're so polarized where you have one side thinking that it's absolute well, the the word was draconian from Christian Horner and then you have Mercedes and Ferrari and and McLaren and McLaren complaining that it was too lenient then you probably reached an agreement that was that was good that was good yeah. so I mean if you look at it that way, yes. Uh, but obviously, I didn't. I think it, I. I don't. I thought the penalty was okay. Wait, wait, wait. Let's not get into that yet. So okay, go ahead. The um, what what I do, what I do want to address though. So I, the way I see it is that it is a breach of one point eight million pounds. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not just the half a million, right? Because right. those teams, the other teams, applied the tax credit correctly. And then you still spend one point right, eight, and right. then you get a tax right. credit, but you like, still spend one point eight. Yeah, so, just like, get out of here. Yeah. So if you want to use that, wh where I take exception to what people are saying is that wh what's been said is that oh, it's because of this that Max won the championship, or it's because of this that uh, the drivers can. It, it, I, I, I agree somewhat, but I also disagree. Do we agree that? The cost cap, the way that it's structured, and spending in any type of sport, it's sequential, right? As as the year goes on, you didn't overspend in race one and then just carry that number forward in, through the whole season, right? As you get towards the end of the season, that's when you're like, crap, I'm up against it and I'm overspending, right? Mm -hmm. The first half of last year, Max was dominant. He was. It was until the end of last year that Hamilton started coming back. So it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, Red Bull would have never just won that championship Correct. I would say that last year. Meaning, if the roles were reversed, 
that Max just made a big jump at the end. Correct. So, exactly. So That's what I'm, what I'm saying. So, what I'm saying is Lewis Hamilton was, as I would say, Lewis Hamilton was as dominant as Max was at the beginning of the year, meaning at, at the end of the year. Meaning, right. Lewis Hamilton was as dominant as Max towards the end of the year, last year. So, it, it kind of like evened out, which is why they went into the last race even with even points. And we would agree that Lewis Hamilton would have won that race. If not for Michael Massey. But that's not cost cap. That's not cost cap. Yeah. However, again, we don't know what kind of development was put into that car in order for it to just for them to even stay competitive with Mercedes. You get what I'm saying? I, I get exactly what you're saying. I'm just like we it's just it's hard to to put into numbers, it's hard to even say if, if that's what even happened, but you just don't know. And that's the issue. It's like you just don't know. And But, however, the rules are in place. And the penalties are in place if you break the rules. Can you imagine if the same amount of money Mercedes would have wasted? They probably would have won the title free and clear because they were neck to neck at the end with Mercedes just being on, you know, just under the budget or being at budget. So imagine they would have gone over the 1.8 on their end as well, where their car would have been. Because maybe that's why Max was able to stay competitive and Mercedes had to di- go a different strategy, which was the strategy with the engines part that they did to the help them get fresher engines. Right, because the they saved it. Yes. Correct. So it, it's 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 a tough it's a tough argument on both. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, like this sucks. this whole thing is just really crappy for so, all of us that are watching and enjoying. Would it have been better for this to stay quiet? You know, hey, we reach an yes. agreement. No, these are no, no further things are going to be discussed about it. Yes, but that's no, not a la, a la Ferrari. No, but that's what I'm saying. That no, it, I think this is the right. It's it's transparent. No, yeah, this is at least it's showing us. This when is I, but when I go back to a la, when I say a la Ferrari thing was because why would it be better if you do it like what no, no, Ferrari we were discussing did, that was more horrible. than this with the Ferrari. Yeah, that's what we were. But it could have been a La Ferrari where the next two years you're suffering. We have no idea why you're suffering it's because it's they so made you. exactly what I was gonna say. You don't even have to say it. Here's the penalty for CFD. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna fucking know. But we're all going to understand, just like with with Ferrari, that there it, there was something that happened that affected them. I, well, I mean, it, it's better for the sport if we know that's what affected them. Is it? Because look where we are now. Well, look where we are now, but the thing is that this is all, listen, this is politics, and it's F1 politics, but we're all going to be arguing anyways, and whether it comes out or not, you're still going to have the chatter, but at least now we can point back and say, all right, the cost cap was good because Red Bull breached it, they got a penalty, they were... Um, if they're slower, if, if they're faster than that, <laughs> if they're slower, then we can point out, okay, the reason why Red Bull is slower because they don't have aerodynamic time. But do you And, think- hold on, wait. And if they don't have the aerodynamic time, that means that these penalties did what they were supposed to do is slow them down a little bit because they broke the rules. Go do, ahead. Do you think for the eighth title for Lewis, you don't think Mercedes would have paid the $7 million fine? And lose 10% or whatever. But that's the issue that I have with this whole thing. Because if you, and, and this is what I pointed out last week, the issue that I have with the sequence of how this works is that you can either reach an agreement or you take the penalty as written, mm-hmm. right? Is that 
you can be like, all right, let me overspend and then I'll negotiate my punishment even though I got to take a hit for next year. But at least, at the very least, because this is what happens now. At the very least, you say, okay, I still get the points. I can negotiate it. And if I can negotiate it, I keep those points and I'll just pay a, a fine. Okay. And I'll get some less aerodynamic time, which according to Ferrari and Mercedes, the 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 penalty that they that Red Bull is receiving, it's not even that much. So what do you think of the penalty? Because that was the next question you already started talking about it. What do you think of the penalty? Is it fair? Is it fair? Should there be more? Should there be less? Um should they do anything different? The seven million is fine. Um either way if they spent over overspent a one point two million you're talking about a little 1. bit. 8. What, what 1. 1. 8 million you're talking about what uh, six times or or a little bit less five times what they overspent which is fine the cfd time that remains to be seen because according to the other teams even though they do get less wind tunnel time because they won the constructors championship mm-hmm. they're already getting pretty much they're already getting penalized with that they're getting <coughs> more of a penalty but if it is a one and a half second difference, which is Christian Horner saying, that's crazy, right? Which is whatever you take that with a grain of salt because they're the ones getting punished, right? But however, the other teams are saying it's only like two or three tenths. If you that, could, if, if that, if that, then you could easily make that up during the course of a season. You get me? So two or three tenths is not enough because so- we've seen that deficit overcome. During a season, especially after, with teams that are front running. So with the package, with the arrow package that Red Bull always comes out with, two to three tenths is not much. It is much when you have it, but to make it up is not it's well, not far fetched well, for them. Well, this is the thing we're talking about two or three, two we're talking about two to three tenths a lap. You can you can easily make up that I difference in a qualifying honestly, lap. They're they're ahead more than that right now. Yeah, and uh, honestly, right, well, and I, yeah, just like looking without even looking at so numbers, there, just looking so, at the race pace. So you have that right so now. you have two other cars, which is which is the Mercedes and the Ferrari, which are close to them on a one lap pace. Mm-hmm. However, if you take that same difference over 50, 60, 70 laps, depending on the track, it's gonna be a wide margin. So is again, is Nothing. it that much of a penalty? No, because right now, like I said, that right now they're ahead that much. That's two what to I'm three saying. So it's lap. like, exactly. so is it really a without, punishment? Without the development they're going to do during the offseason, the, you know, whatever the changes they're bringing to the new car next, you know, to the car next year. So what, are they going to be hurt? Yeah, of course. Now, that would that slow them down a little. They're still, a little. They still got to rock. But that's the point. And then we don't know what that money went into. If that money did go into the floor, mm-hmm. which they've heavily developed this season, that means that maybe they found something in that floor with all the development, you know, with, with all the data, and they put it into the floor just to make sure that, and obviously the floor is super important in these cars. They're already ahead by miles. Yeah. And the only reason they were ahead is because possibly, again, allegedly, the only reason they were ahead is because they put they overspent to make sure that they put some research and development into how that floor works for this year's car. Well, so so this t- you're talking about a development that can give you time over not only last season mm-hmm. but this season 
end the season going up ahead because the chassis is homologated. So it's not going to be able to change. So the, where this could hurt, so for example, we had the issues with, um, what do we call Oh, the porpoising, mm-hmm. which nobody's talking about anymore, thankfully. But for, so for example, we had a change mid, midstream of the rules. Now, all of a sudden, you have to compensate for a change. So if I'm Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, I'm looking to try and change the rules midseason to try and change the aerodynamic effect so that it kills Red Bull that they won't be able to test as much. But like you guys were talking about, the penalty, as Andreas Seidel said, it's the same as finishing another place higher, meaning they just get three less runs, essentially. So Yeah. Where where it really hurts though is the development for the twenty twenty four car. So I mean we'll see we'll see how that goes. Now let's win another championship in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yes and no. I I don't know because like with we'll we'll talk about it later. But I really think that some of the teams are going to catch up. Is there anything to re- else to really talk about? So we talked about Andreas Saito saying that it's not not harsh enough. Ferrari also saying definitely not harsh enough. Uh, they're unhappy with the very limited impact the FIF one penalty has against the Red Bull. Anything else to really talk about here? No. I mean, at, at this point, it's like. We already knew more or less that that the penalty, the reason when they came out that they were coming into an agreement, we already knew that if they're negotiating, we know that the penalty is not going to be as harsh as it should be. So we got it out there. It is what it is. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I think at this point, it's just a wait and see. Okay, so... Speaking of uh, rules and and uh, being, stuff being overturned, uh, last after last week's race, uh, the U.S. Grand Prix, we had uh, Fernando Alonso was dropped from P7 to wherever. Uh, he had a 30-second penalty after finishing the race because of that collision with uh, uh, Lance Stroll. He was reinstated after Alpine was able to successfully uh, win the right to review. For for that uh, that collision, I don't necessarily really want to talk about the decision itself. But how, how many times are it's like uh, endemic with Formula One on going back to results and changing them? And I, I'm not sure if I'm a huge fan of this. I don't know if there's a way that they could build a committee to have stuff happen or have decisions be made on track. Is it even possible just by the very nature of? Of motorsport. Of course it's possible. If you have a dedicated team to do it and they have the experience to call these and have some president, because that's how how that's how courts work. That's how all councils work the, who decide on rules. You you set presidents and you follow those presidents and anybody who has that knowledge um can bring it to the table and you make a decision right away based on the experience that you have. Of course it's possible, but they don't do it. This is what we've been talking about for the past three years. They need a dedicated team of stewards and um, and race directors just to make sure that this stuff is 
consistent. Every major league has it. Meaning, a, uh, you know, the Premier League, mm-hmm. NFL, MLB, everyone has NBA. They have a team of officials. Somewhere else. Yeah. That can bring experience to the table and say, like, this is what happened in 1973 and whatever race and this is how it was applied and and these are the differences and then you can make a ruling right away but f one doesn't do it so 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 is it possible of course it is do they want to do it is it in their would it be in their best interest we don't know because honestly it's all politics mm-hmm and what you mentioned in the beginning when you started talking is the experience. There's nobody there with experience, like that, you know, of handling the issues, a la Charlie White. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. But the and 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 what sucks about that is that because it was Charlie Whiting that had the experience, he was the only one. There is no team. It needs some kind of a corporate structure where you can, where no, you meaning, can literally spread spread out the responsibilities so you can have various people who have the experience that can come to the table. And be like, yo, this is what it is. So he has sold this that he never turned into enforcers. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be here one day, guys. Let's learn it this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like the mob. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I skipped that. I skipped what caused the overturn, but it's because you have to lodge a protest within 30 minutes, written protest within 30 minutes. Haas uh, was not able to do that. Uh, <laughs> Was not able to do that. I think they did it at fifty six minutes, so they were time over. And See, uh, no, but I think they were told they had an hour to do it. Okay, this is what upsets me. But the sporting code says thirty minutes. Yes. but they were told they had an hour. But who to do told it. them? Supposedly, the in the article you shared, supposedly that they were. That's what they were instructed. It doesn't matter because the only reason it, it was over. Matter. It doesn't matter because the only reason it was overturned is because everybody was up in arms about this. There was enough uproar from enough people to have them go back to the table and review this and know that this was BS. Because Haas, at some point, was getting given, uh, Kevin Magnuson in particular has given multiple orange, or they call them black Black and and orange orange flags, the meatball flags, for the same (laughs) damn thing. And now. But his was a window, his win. It doesn't matter. It does not matter, bro. It's a loose part on the car. If you're gonna, if you're gonna give him the black and orange f- flag, fine. But then do that for Alonzo. Correct. It's just not consistent. Correct. And and the only reason that this gets even reviewed is because people are in up are, 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 is an uproar when it should be your job to get this done already. And people, you don't have to be listening to a mob outside with pitchforks in order for you to make a decision. Okay, mom would pitch for it. <laughs> and it says in the article that race control was one of told me. Let's uh, remember, mom would pitch for it. So we'll, <laughs> well, there's a news item here that we got to address the issue with. So, Lewis Hamilton seeking a multi-year contract with uh, Mercedes, meaning he's not leaving. Good for him. Or he's not intending to leave. Um, that's all. The, that's all the detail there is, by the way. Multi-year contract. Um, 37. He's 37. Alonso is how old right now? 43. 43, 44. You give Alonso a championship winning car, Alonso will win the championship. Here. You give Lewis Hamilton a championship winning car, he will win the championship or come close to. No, and I'll say that the same for Alonso. Alonso is 41. 
41. Okay. Just like you give Max Verstappen a championship winning car, he wins a championship twice. Or they might cheat about it. Mm. <laughs> or they might cheat to do it. However, it's a car that can win. These uh, are the types of drivers that these people are. So multi-year could be two years. Now. Multi-year could be three years. So maybe, you know, give him to his 40. 41 what? al Alonso. He's got two years, huh? I'll give you this, Ruben. What makes you think? What makes you think? Or what is the reason why Lewis Hamilton wants to sign? Oh, I think it's He obvious. wants the eighth title. I think it's obvious. It's not just because of that. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's the vast well, that's majority the, of it. Yeah, but so why? What do you think is the reason? What? Have you seen your team's performance the last few races? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. They are onto something. To the moon, <laughs> Total Wolf. To next the moon. Uh, uh, <laughs> article on Sky Sports: Total Wolf annoyed by Mercedes 2022 F1 form. We've made decisions that were simply. Wrong. So what Yancey is alluding to is that they are coming for blood next year after they fix these. <laughs> they, will be, yeah. they, they are on to something. Lewis Hamilton knows. They are, absolutely. Okay. And with all the shit that everybody's been talking about, Lewis mm-hmm. Hamilton, <laughs> he is coming, boy. And he is coming. So you think... With he, a sword the size of what is it, William Wallace's, <laughs> the so you, Claymore. <laughs> so you think that um, the next year he's gonna beat George Russell fair and square? Oh, dude, blow him he's out! He's beating him he's, now. He's beating the crap out of what is it, seven and zero since the summer break? Dude, we know. Listen, <laughs> and I, and this is not to take anything away from George Russell, mm-hmm. right? Because George Russell has had a spectacular season, especially mm-hmm. being at a top team, you know, top five finishes. Like, he is almost guaranteed to finish top five almost every race. He scores points, solid driver. But we must also acknowledge the fact, and he's also beating Lewis Hamilton, a seven-time world champion, but we must acknowledge the fact. For now. For now. That Lewis Hamilton did not have the best of luck 15-point difference. At the beginning of the season with some safety cars and some certain issues with the car. And that is the difference between him and George Russell as far as points is concerned. But the way Lewis Hamilton is driving now is far and ahead better than what George Russell is doing. Yes. Okay? Lucky so he's- it's Lewis F. and Hamilton, bro. Yes, sir. Seven-time world champion, all-time wins leader, all-time pose leader. He is Lewis Hamilton. Don't get it twisted, bro. Did the um the constructors champion did that whole cost cap and less competition computational fluid dynamic time come into effect this uh, last year? I'm talking about what the the no. the restrictions on the testing. Yeah, that that was already. I mean, that, well. Yeah, last year was already was already in place, okay. but it was almost like a dry run type of thing. Okay, but this year, obviously, it's. I wonder where they would have been if they had like full amount of testing that they would have needed. Like that car would have shaken out a little bit better, I think. Just a tad bit, yeah. Um, but they went the wrong. I mean, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. I would have showed that they went the wrong direction if they kept testing it. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not there. I, I it could be. It's definitely a possibility, 
But I mean, they did win. Yeah, they won the championship. So I mean, it wasn't bad car. To be no, no, this no, year's car. This year's car. car. Oh, this year's car. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But uh, the numbers was definitely wrong. If Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> if Lewis Hamilton wants to sign a multi-year deal, something's up. Right, because he has a nose for going to the right team. Right, something's up. He knows something, <laughs> and. That car has improved a lot. I like it's it's to the point where you can safely say now that anytime you come into an F1 weekend, it could definitely beat the Ferrari. I don't know if I agree there. It could definitely podium if things break right. They've beat the Ferrari for the past two races. Even though this it seems like I don't know the, the what what's coming out of the Ferrari camp, it seems that they had issues with the altitude and the engine cooling as far as Ferrari is concerned. But it just seems that they coming into every weekend now where they can they feel that they can definitely take it to Ferrari. Not Red Bull, but Ferrari. I feel like this weekend was also And we saw that gap at the beginning of the season between Ferrari and Mercedes. This weekend just show more that the Ferrari is not 100% there because they've been having an issue with I cooling think, all year. Dude, I think that the Mexico and Grand Prix, you could just take it. It's just a separate, <laughs> it it comes, it's yeah. a separate race. It's always been like... Yeah, but then... Red Bull's house. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie or, took a second place last. Max Verstappen's house. He's the one that has been winning all the time. Everything yeah. from 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Trivia next. Okay, so... We just talked about Fernando Alonso. We talked about Lewis Hamilton. Let's put them together. Let's make a sandwich. Let's make a sandwich. So, Lewis Hamilton. And so, all right. So, Fernando Alonso went on. Uh, I forget what it was. I don't know if it was just on Twitter or it was. I think it was somebody asked him a question. Like, a, what do you thought? Dutch, a Dutch thing. Yeah. And he said that Max Verstappen's titles are way better and more important than the, the ones that Lewis Hamilton won for yada, yada, yada reason. Uh, so this has been a war of, world, war of words for the whole season, basically, in which Fernando Alonso has been taking swipes at Lewis Hamilton and Max's ability to have beaten uh, Lewis Hamilton. So Lewis finally responds, and uh, it was a tweet of a picture. It was a thumbs up from him, <laughs> and it was a picture of him looking down from the podium from first down to, I think, he, he, third. third. Yeah, Alonso was third. He was on his on his right. Uh, and then beyond that, this weekend, there's a, a nice picture of, of uh, Lewis Hamilton looking at a crashed out or um, a DNF'd Fernando Alonso. <laughs> oh, yeah, in the cooling room. Yeah, in the cooling room. In the cooling room. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. That's funny. What do you guys think that's of this uh, nice little back and forth between Lewis and Fernando? It's entertaining. Yeah. Like always. I don't think uh, Fernando's accusations have any merit, to be honest with you. Um, to win a championship is hard. To win seven is really hard. To um, win two is really hard. To win two is really hard, yeah. Just like Alonso did. Yeah. But you can't say that Lewis... What, <laughs> what Alonso is basically trying to get is that Lewis didn't have any competition. Only his teammate. Well, but... That's what he was saying. Only, only both of them are... But one of his teammates did beat him. Won mm -hmm. the world championship. 
Um, he did have a fight with, uh, it was a 2007, it was a three-way fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Kimmy, he went with McLaren. Yeah. He has been able to win a race every single season apart from this one. At least one so race. Far. So far. Well, I mean, apart from this one. He's getting close. So you're really going to say, you're really going to devalue his championships? Considering that this is a guy that literally has almost every F1 record imaginable. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to say that some championships matter more than others? Come on, bro. This is also the guy. Fernando Alonso believes the Formula One fans need to stop being put up against each other after taking to Twitter to clarify comments about Lewis Hamilton in a Dutch newspaper interview. So the troll is saying... Oh, you know, guys, like, calm down. After after okay. after being outside with pitchforks, being the leading pitchfork, as mm-hmm. as Yancy uh, had said earlier, now he's saying, "Well, guys, put your pitchforks down. Maybe you know things aren't that serious." <laughs> like, come on, man, seriously, this dude knows what he's doing. That's like like his comments after after Mexico. Like, it's always car number fourteen that retires. Always car number. Like, what? Who are, do you? Who do you think? He's taking a dig at. <laughs> he does it on purpose. He knows what the hell he's doing. Mm. It's Fernando Alonso. He's been he's done it his entire career. I love him as a driver. I mean, it's fine. This is entertainment, man. It makes it fun. I don't know. It, it takes it away from sporting to uh, yeah, it makes it become but it's a WWE. It, it, it's fine. Nah, I'm perfect, okay with WWE use of the troll. That's it. Troll. When he wants to go that route, he becomes a perfect troll. Oh uh, yeah, but. To say that, to devalue somebody else's championship, I think it's a bit too far. But you know what? Whatever. It's fun. It, it, we're talking about it. Yep. And, and that tweet is classic. That that Hamilton tweet is classic. Yeah. Settle down, boy. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and the completion of one of his troll jobs. Alonzo is set for uh, Maiden F Aston Martin F1 test in Abu Dhabi. So, uh, just kind of rounding up, the, rounding out the news section. Alonzo is set to make his Aston Martin seat debut in Abu Dhabi testing. That should be fun. And then rounding out testing, um, we have another young driver, Danish Formula Two race winner Frederick Vesti, is. F- favored to be the Mercedes to get the Mercedes F1 run in Abu Dhabi young driver test. That's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good, uh, test drive Mercedes. Interesting. But with, uh, with Alonso leaving your team, are you going to tell him no, not to do the testing? He's probably going to just, no, he's probably going to explode and do some more race against you. The troll that he is that, you know, that's going to be interesting to watch next season. Because honestly, we talk about Mercedes making, you know, coming on strong at the end of the season. That's the Martin. That's the Martin. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. They're getting it together. And they're, they're, you know, they're spending a lot of money too. What I will say is Sebastian Vettel is getting it together. Not so much Aston Martin. Well, I mean. We'll see. Look at Lance Stroll. I would say that Alonso is driving better than Seb this season. So you put him in that car. Imagine what he can do. Let's see how much changes he's going to require when he, once he does the testing to that car. <laughs> All right. Alonso's a beast, man. Yep. Alonso, Alonso will take any race car and make it competitive. 
Yeah. Ruben? Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. Go ahead. Okay, here's me going ahead. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Ruben, what were your thoughts on this race weekend? My thoughts on the race weekend. Thank God we were watching it at the bar. Why is that? Because if my house, I probably would have fell asleep. <laughs> if I would have been watching it in my sofa by myself, I probably would have fell asleep. Yes. Thank God you had that grilled cheese. Yes. Was, yeah, the, the braised uh, short rib thing. Short rib yep, yep. Cheese. That was very good. Thank very you, Fieli, for always hosting. I mean, uh, the. Yes. Our good friends, Kevin and Jocelyn, thank you. Yancy. Hmm. What were your thoughts on race weekend? I really, really, really liked the Mexican F1 team. That was probably the that was probably the highlight of the week. That was the highlight of the weekend. The mariachi. Actually, there is the mariachi version. There is a a video on YouTube which replays it for an hour if you want. (laughs) Wow. I'm gonna have to find that for the drive home. Wow. It's a really nice song. The funny thing is, you caught it right away too, Yancy, when we were watching it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then towards the end, they're playing, oh, crap, they really are doing it. I think what makes this weekend always interesting is just the enthusiasm, the festivities of Mexico. It it makes it seem like it's, you know, it's like a big deal. But when the racing starts, it's the same as always. It's nothing too crazy. There was nothing, you know. I think, yeah. What are your thoughts on the weekend? I think the politics played more of a role than the actual racing. Uh, I mean, look, up front, I didn't get to watch too, too closely. I thought that, um, and like I said earlier, I think Mexico is a bit of a, um, just kind of like a, just a separate track in the calendar because the performances are so different. We saw Ferrari struggle like crazy. We even saw them struggle so much in qualifying to the point where, I'm going to give this one a, a layup here. To the point where Valtteri Bottas was sixth. To whom it may concern you. Oh, that was good timing. <laughs> Finally, he's awake. Oh, because oh, I was sleeping on the race. Because Mexico, it's, it's, <laughs> it increases performance for Ruben. But, no. It, <laughs> Less air going into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Less air. It's gasping it for air. Like, yeah, it doesn't like let him sleep. It kind of wakes <laughs> him up. <laughs> No, but just in general, I feel like that's what we saw. The only issue is that, and hopefully they get, this gets better next year, is that just that everything's been decided. So it's like, it's, uh, not everything's been decided, not the midfield, but like everything at the top is kind of solidly set. Even Mercedes is pretty much stuck in third, unless something crazy happens. So it's almost, to me, it's more like a parade of cards. And it's just, eh, let's just kind of get together and watch, you know? So... You should have gone Botas. We don't talk about Botas, <laughs> especially bad. Yeah. Okay. No, but Just but make sure. to to actually, you know, put my point onto the Mexican or the weekend race. Obviously, I was watching it from a, from a TV, but to be there, I've been to the you know Foro wow. Sol, wow. and the energy there, watching the podium, running on the track, and that that makes up for all the snooze. So you kind of to be rich. Come on, don't say that. We, we, right, the tickets we got like, the cheapest tickets photo sold tickets are super cheap so don't say they, they were they, super cheap they still are we just have to buy it with time so when you're sitting in photo sold they open the gate and you uh, you could super close to the podium when the, you know and then the party afterwards party with Martin Garrix I don't know who that is that's the DJ that was okay okay, okay. Yeah. so yeah 
just obviously just because I said it was a snooze fest. I the wonder race, if you put an EDM the event version itself. of the mariachi F1. EDM version, <laughs> like a mix. Yo, that'd be dope. The place itself, the energy, the city, the weekend itself. Obviously, we went for the weekend. It's super dope. Just you know, going to like different restaurants to eat dinner, or whatever, and stuff like that. It's super cheap. It's awesome to go. The Ubers are super cheap too. So. I strongly recommend anybody that's able to make the Mexican repeat to go one day. Just don't go before us. Don't or, go buy tickets before us so we can get them cheap. Yeah. Okay, especially you, Yance. You should go. Walton's been there twice. He just doesn't admit it. <laughs> 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 I've only been there once. <laughs> All right, so the um, this was clearly the best shot for Mercedes to win all year. They went opposite strategy to Red Bulls. Both Red Bulls started on softs. Then went on to mediums. The Mercedes, um, yeah. Then Mercedes started on mediums. Then went on to hards. Um, obviously, they were hoping for a two-stop uh, type of situation for the Red Bulls. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. Also, they probably like Max was so far ahead, it didn't really matter. But yeah, but I don't think that. Um, I think Red Bull just like happen to just walk into the winning strategy to be honest with you I because think even Pirelli pre- predicted if you start they started on the soft in the soft yeah. even Pirelli predicted if you start on the soft they weren't going to last long enough that you would have to do a two stopper and that was the that was even in the Pirelli graphic at the beginning mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they showed it so uh, you mm-hmm. know obviously it was a bad strategy called by the Mercedes but it wasn't they went with the safe strategy the same yeah, thing. it wasn't it wasn't far fetched. I think Red Bull just benefited of the numbers Ricardo was putting because Ricardo did forty five laps. Well, they didn't know that the medium was gonna last so long. No, so I'm saying, but that's where because remember, they were sat on the softs, they put the medium, right? Right pretty much as, as Mercedes changed to the hards. Yeah. So for Ricardo's first thing was like forty three, forty five laps. Mm-hmm. So like well, wait a minute, this guy 44. just did forty four laps. This guy just did forty four laps. We might be able to make it on this on this on this tires, right? And if you remember, Verstappen strongly was complaining about the softs towards the end. You know, towards the end of his thing, he never complained about the mediums. At least we didn't. Well, he was that. complaining about the softs, but then uh, Red Bull because it was after, after after they did the pit stop, Red, the Red Bull pit wall came on and said, "No, oh, the 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 tread wasn't that bad actually." But at that point, their mentality was a tube stop. Oh yeah, when they absolutely. changed the mediums, but obviously, as Ricardo progressing his thing, like, wait a minute, we could we could probably go all the way with these. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it, the talk was that Mercedes got it completely wrong, and you know, people were going on on them. But honestly, if at the beginning of the race, everybody thought that if you go, if you right. start on the soft, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a two stopper. That's the reason why everybody else started right. on the mediums. I mean. That's the reason why why I think it was Red Bull and Ferrari that started on the softs. Correct. But they knew they were coming into the mentality that it was going to be a two-stopper if they started on the soft, but that would be the faster strategy. And obviously, Mercedes, knowing how quick the Red Bulls are, um, they just decided to go opposite strategy and see if they can make it work. Yeah. Their mistake was that they just pitted too early. Like you mentioned, Ricardo pitted on lap 44, and he was killing it going yeah. up the field. Uh, we'll talk about that in a few Gasly pitted lap forty, Albon lap thirty-eight. Gwen With Uzo, mediums, yeah. Gwen Yuzhou. All these guys went from medium to soft. Gwen Yuzhou went from uh, on lap forty-five, dog. Mm-hmm. And Judge Russell was saying something like that that he not he did not want to pit. Yeah, he wanted to go into the softs from the mediums. 
Was he? Yeah, he was saying on the radio that he wanted to go to the That's weird because he was complaining about, granted, he pitted on lap 34. He was complaining about the hards and they pitted him on for the fastest lap in lap well, 69. Him and, and Lewis Hamilton were complaining about the hards. Yeah, but what's but, a race without Lewis Hamilton complaining about tires? Well, the, usually so, the yeah. case is that he complains about tires and he goes faster. That's where. That's not what happened here. And the commentators were saying that pretty much his pace was not far from Max's pace on the mediums when he was doing the hard so. Yeah. So, Daniel, is he back, Daniel Ricardo? Nah. So, Daniel Ricardo didn't plan to overtake Sunoda ahead of Mexico F1 clash. Says he didn't plan to launch an overtaking move on Sunoda when they clashed during. The, so, for those that didn't watch it, I'm sure everybody has. But he went up the inside. I forget which turn it was. He went up the inside of uh he went up the inside of yuki sonoda and they ended up colliding to the point where yuki's rear left rear right wheel hit daniel ricardo's front left wheel and kind of launched them into the air and then ended yuki's race at that point they went into a virtual safety car and that kind of allowed a little bit of a shuffle up not much but no no he was able to make it to the pits the virtual safety car was alonso you're right. That's when yeah, Yuki was, was able to make Yuki it was able to make it to the pitch. The only reason he couldn't keep going is that um, it was discovered that there was a puncture in one of the side pods, so he couldn't keep going. In the tri- in the in the pit wall in the side pit, of the, yeah. So he got a ten second penalty. Uh which he was able to when he switched from mediums to softs, he was able to one overtake. They let they told Lando obviously let him through. Then he was able to do a couple overtakes, and he was able to open up that gap 10 seconds between himself and Esteban Ocon. Right? Yes. And I'm computing in my head. I don't yeah, think he, was. he was. He was able to get like a... T- a no, he, he got over 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm just it was like 10 to, and a half. Trying to visualize that, you know, that he landed on over through and all that stuff. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have that record. Well, that came, I think, after the race, they had mentioned that they said that Lando to let him just... Gotcha, okay, okay, okay. Stick ahead, but... You helped, helped him out a ton. Why haven't we seen this before from Ricardo? Like, the, the way he behaved this weekend? Yeah. Granted, he's still like. Let's just—I will say—we're talking about seventh place, but this was probably his best driver of the year. He won driver of the day. Yes, I will say. He's oh, he's performed well in this track in the past. It's a fast track that That's he true. likes. He's coming from Rebel, which the Rebel has always behaved well mm-hmm. in this track, even though he has DNF in a Rebel as he's well here. From a Renault, okay. No, yeah, yeah, but okay. his his you know his his longer. Time of the team was mm-hmm. yeah, on, a, on a Renault engine. <laughs> so even though the last year we were Renault, he DNF because that's what the comments say, you know, hey, just give it to Gasly, whatever. Like Gasly blow it up or something like that he mm-hmm. said in the past. So he has done well in this track. Um, I think this is a one-off. I don't think he's going to do the same thing in Brazil. Um, the reason why he was first, he, first of all, he was on the softest tire. The best tire at that point Track is rubbered in, so he, he said it. He, he felt like he could lean on the car more, meaning he could be once, more once he went on the soft. Yeah, once he went on the soft, it was, at the, it was at the end of the race. Track is rubbered in. He was on the better tire than everybody else, to be honest with you. And he could, he felt like he can really push it to the limit, to the point where he thought he could actually make that overtake on Yuki and hit him. However, uh, besides the point, 
The reason why Ricardo hasn't driven well is that he could he has he doesn't have the confidence in that McLaren. Okay. Um and it's honestly not being developed for him because he's not the team leader, it's Lando. He's been able to drive well at Red Bull, drive well at Renault because the car suits him or begins to suit him and he gets better. That's not the case for this car. And he's said that before. He obviously he hasn't openly said it, but he's but he has alluded to it, so to speak. That is what most commentators allude to. Um so you're right in a sense, it is a one-off, but I think it's just because of the circumstances. I don't think that car suits him well. I think that he needs to be in a car that suits him well for him to be fast. He is not a Verstappen, a Hamilton, a Leclerc, or a Russell where they can put him in any car. They can adapt and they can be quick in it. He's not that type of driver. I don't think. I don't even think Vettel is that type of driver, and we've seen the reasons why. Um, you can be quick, but it, the car has to suit you, and the McLaren does not suit Daniel Ricciardo. I think it was just one of those things where soft tires, ru- really rubbered in track, he can lean on the car more. And he's able to take it. He's able. He's a, he was able to take it. You know that much further, and he drove great. I don't. So. I think it was his first thing that made it from those four hundred laps on the mediums. Obviously, he had good pace this weekend. Do you think? Do you think this, the the Sonoda crash was his fault? One hundred percent his fault. Yeah. Okay. I don't think. So. I think you can. You can knew he was coming, so you ought to be on the lookout uh. too. That's a really tough quarter uh, to take, yeah. bro. Especially if Yuki already had the had had Yuki had the corner. Did he? Yeah, definitely give him enough space. I mean, Ricardo didn't like go off the track. He 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 was right on the apex, so it wasn't like, you know, it's just one of those things where the car for you has the corner. You as a driver that's behind is your responsibility to back out. He didn't back out. He definitely didn't have a gap going into that corner to to overtake him. It's his fault. Okay, that's it. Last thing from me: Bora's first points since Canada. Yancy, the floor is yours. To whom it may concern, you showed up, baby. He showed up finally. He showed up. And his teammate, obviously, has been driving well, but is not driving lights out better than Botas, even though that car has struggled. So, you know, I don't... I I think this is another one-off. He just goes well. When when Botas goes well at a track, he goes well, at, go, goes well at a track all the time. When he's in Russia, he goes well at Russia. In Mexico, he drives really good in Mexico. It's just he knows the track. He's familiar with it. Um... And the car was actually decent today. <laughs> I mean, uh, this weekend. Um, again, Botas is one of those drivers that can consistently score points, but th- everything has to be right for him. That's why he's wildly inconsistent. Um, and sometimes he could be good, sometimes he could be bad, but he's a proven point scorer. If you give him a car that's good and the track that he likes, he'll score points. So, kind of weird that. Uh, if if you think about where the car normally is, that Ferrari kind of fell back from their normal performance, but yeah. a car with a Ferrari engine pulled forward and looked good. 
this it, weekend. That's why that's it's so weird. Kind of weird, yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know what what happened because it's the same engine. Don't talk bad about both of us. I think maybe it had to do <laughs> with the you know the the air density, light air, high altitude. I don't know. We'll see. It definitely wasn't the cooling. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. I just have no idea. <laughs> it's just really hard to the, the coasting worked work better for both of us. Yeah, maybe maybe Ferrari speed is more based on downforce than it is, and obviously you don't get a lot of downforce in Mexico. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not really all in, it's not really the engine that gives them the speed. It's more the downforce yeah, and the aerodynamics so. and their speed through corners. Yeah, that makes sense. So I mean that 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 could be it. I mean maybe the maybe the Ferrari as we can see is just really relies on those speed through the corners to be, to get a quick lap. And that's why they have been quick in qualifying, but they just can't, they can't put it together as for a long race distance. And Gentlemen, anything it. else? No race this weekend. No race. It's not race week. Wah, wah. At jump to start F one on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to follow us, like subscribe. Um, Please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Any closing thoughts? Let's make the Mexican F1 theme the permanent F1 theme. <laughs> I'll vote for that. With that, Wells? No. We should make it like from each different country. Like There Aust you go. Australia should have like a didgeridoo. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you read the Ricola commercial? Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, not exactly, but yeah. That would be like Austin. Is that what it is? Or no. <laughs> it's, it's close. <laughs> Um, what would uh, what I mean? Uh, maybe uh, you could do like a rock and roll version for for the, the British US. Grand Prix. The American would be hip hop. And then Jap Japan, J-pop. I don't know. J-pop. J-pop. Oh. Like <laughs> and on that BTS note, will sing it. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, that's K-pop. That's K-pop. Yeah. Guys, it's not race week. We'll see you next week as we do a preview for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Peace. Peace. Peace.